Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And today, I hope people seeking passion hear this. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And as you can tell from the title, we are talking about passion today. And when I think of passion, there is one person who I know personally that comes to mind. And it's because he has, he's clearly defined what his passion is. And he's been chasing it and going after it. For the last several years, right? At least what three? Uh, three to four years. Three to four years. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's it's been a while, and so without any further ado, please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Connor Chang. Hello, hey, welcome, welcome, Connor with a a single N, right? Yes, Connor with one N. Yeah. C O N O R. So it's before the bane before of my existence. Why? Why? Because sure no one spells my name right. Okay. Even my own family doesn't spell my name right. Oh, sad. It is what it is. <laughs> So before we get into the topic, um, can you just give a quick introduction of who you are and we can touch a little bit on like what your passion is so that we can have a context for the conversation we're about to have. Yeah. Um, so I am 26 years old, born and raised in Duluth, Georgia. So I've lived in Georgia my whole life. I've actually lived in the same house for oh, wow. 26 years of my life. Yeah, my entire life up until I got married. Um, which I recently did. Ah, congratulations. Um, thank you. Got recently married in April. <laughs> um, and so that's been a fun journey, a good adjustment. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, and, I and guess in a little teaser, your wife is actually going to be a guest on this podcast. I heard. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. I'm excited to hear that. She's so, wild. So I'm sure you'll have some crazy stories. There. So anything you say about her, she's going to probably give her side. So just giving care. you the <laughs> warning. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, my passion. So my passion, um, just to kind of just share real quick, um, is for youth students. Mm. Um, so I currently serve um, in my local church, uh, the youth students, specifically high schoolers. Mm. Um, but I am open to serving middle schoolers, too. I've done that before as well. Right. Yeah. And, and for me as an outsider, I feel comfortable confirming your passion is youth students because as an observer i see you not only how you lead and guide the youth students at your current church now but even youth students that you taught in the past i mm -hmm. see you like frequently visit with them you you fellowship with them so yeah yeah that's it's it's not very common um to see mm -hmm. i think so you're, you're a unique guy Thank I you. Like <laughs> <laughs> I okay. guess. Thank you. Yeah. So um, before we dive into your passion journey, I think it would be helpful to kind of define what we think of as passion. Because I think based on the context, passion can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. Right. Because passion between like a married couple mm -hmm. might mean something different and passion, you, you know, so for at least for you personally, what is passion? Um, well, so I think the common answer or definition that people have of passion is what well, strong emotion, mm. right? Very, um, passion, like very, your heart's like on fire for something, right? Mm. Like you really want to go after something with all that you have. Right. And right. I think that that's true. Um, but I think if you actually find the root of where that word comes from, it actually comes from the Latin word patty. Mm. Um, P-A-T-I, I believe. Um, 
and it means to suffer. Oh, interesting. Um, and so when I found that, um, it really kind of changed my perspective on what passion really means. Mm. Um, and now the way I like to describe it or I like to teach people is um, passion is something you're willing to suffer for. Mm. And so when you're able to take that definition, I think it, it kind of separates passions from say hobbies or mm. things we just love to do or things we enjoy doing on a regular basis right um and it kind of yeah puts things into perspective like what are we doing why am i doing this mm. um all that kind of stuff i think we're gonna get into that later but yeah and i yeah. think that's a very good litmus test for when you're trying to determine what is just a hobby or what mm -hmm. is just something you enjoy if you kind of take that and say if I'm, am I willing to suffer for this? Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's right. great. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm passionate about video games or mm. I'm passionate about sports or I'm passionate about art. But then if it gets hard, right, or if you have to struggle to be good at it mm. or succeed at it, are you willing to go through that, right? Right. Or, you know, like most hobbies, they come and go. Mm. Or if we enjoy doing something and then it gets too hard, or let's say you have like a video game and you can't beat a certain level, yeah. you just kind of quit. Right, right. Right. And it's this, I think that's what separates hobbies, um, things we enjoy doing from passion. Right. Where like passion, we're going to fight for it and we're going to fight through it to get through it and to really um, pursue after it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people who, when they first try to start their career, or they even go into college trying to think about what they want to do with their lives. A lot of people go in with a false sense of what their passion is mm. because they see someone on TV and say, I want to be an actor or actress. And something like that, something competitive like that, I think is very difficult to do mm -hmm. if you're not passionate about it because you are going to suffer. Right. 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 So I think this is a good conversation to have for your target audience, like who you're passionate about. So it's like two-pronged conversation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, what, what do you believe is the importance of passion? Because we, we talk about what passion is, but is it important at all? Or do you think that there's value in, in what passions that you have? So I personally believe, um, for me, passion is what gives my life direction. Mm. Um, it's kind of my why. Hmm. And so whether I'm working or I'm hanging out with a certain group of people or I'm doing whatever on a daily basis, um, I a lot of times what I find is everything I'm doing always points back to my passion, hmm. which is youth students. Hmm. Um, and so, for example, like, why do I work? Right. I think. Um, a lot of people struggle with work mm. and it, they kind of just show up, do what they need to do, leave, go home, mm. and then do whatever. Um, whereas I, I kind of view work as my way of making money so I can spend it on youth students, mm. stuff like that, right? So right. like everything I, my money, my time, whatever, it, it always points back to um, youth at the end of the day. Mm. And so... Um, in that in that aspect, I do think finding your passion is very important, mm. um, but it's also very hard, mm. and a lot of people struggle with finding it. Um, but I I 
as I've taught youth for um, a good amount of years, yeah, um, I've realized um, the issue is not necessarily finding it; it's figuring out what that is anyway, like what passion is anyways oh, in the right, first right. place. You know what I mean? Right. And so, if we have a if we don't have an, a a good idea of what passion is, mm. um, then we're never gonna find what our passions are. Right. Yeah. Because right. if you if you haven't clearly defined what passion is itself, it's impossible right, to find right. your source of passion. Yeah. And yeah. so like when we assume that passion is just like, oh, something I'm emotional about or something mm. I feel strongly towards. Yeah. It kind of uh gives us a false sense, I guess, right. of what we're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for, if I'm being honest with myself, I don't think I've really found my passion yet. Mm. And the consequence of of that for me personally, I'm realizing is I just I wake up and I have no reason. Yeah. Like, you know, like I go to uh-huh. work and it's great because I can use the the things I get from work, the income that I get from work to fund my family's survival mm-hmm. right? and yeah. put a roof over our head. But without that guiding passion, there are a lot of days where I'm just sitting there and thinking, like, what should I be doing? I think when I started writing and when I started doing this podcast, it helped a little because I'm exploring things that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's very important to try to figure out what passion actually is to yeah. have have that kind of guiding light, right? Yeah, because yeah. for me, like getting the best job or getting the most money was never like the priority because, mm. yeah, okay, I have more money, but there's always going to be more money to be made. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. at I just felt like I was never going to be satisfied mm. with always just trying to pursue money or trying to ju- get the best job because it's always like, oh, there's always a better job mm. or there's always a job that pays more. Mm. And so when you're constantly or when I was constantly um, pursuing these, like this endless cycle of um, just trying to be better than before or like trying to get more money or whatever, mm. um, I just never felt satisfied, mm. you know? And, um, but when you can find, uh, I guess like a purpose yeah. to having money mm. or to having a higher paying job or to having um, certain achievements or whatever, yeah. then it kind of puts everything into perspective and, I don't know, point you in the direction you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I do want to, I wonder if making money can be a passion for some people. Just the, just the pure act of making money. Because when I think about people like Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. or, you know, those mega rich people who they, they could retire right now and they would be comfortable for the rest of their lives, but they keep working, right? But I, I think... I would argue and say their passion isn't money. It's mm. something that the money brings, mm. right? So like, for example, artists, mm. I don't think they're necessarily passionate about like painting. Mm. It's something about the painting that mm. gives them some sort of life or mm. some sort of feeling or emotion, right? It's, um, I think oftentimes we focus on the, I don't know, the objects or the, the, outcomes of Hmm. what we're pursuing so like money or power or whatever but i i think oftentimes the the thing we're passionate about is it's deeper than just 
the material things. Yeah, actually, thinking about it, I think that's where a lot of people fall into that trap mm -hmm. because they think the immediate thing that they receive is their passion without, and if they haven't really explored what deeper rooted things actually drives that, yeah, then you might be stuck in a place where you're not really sure what to do and you're you slave away for something that really doesn't last long mm -hmm. i think yeah no, that's, a, that's a good point yeah so like i like i say youth is my passion mm. but if if i'm being honest like it's probably youth ministry is just my avenue of being able to pursue my passion my passion mm. actually goes a little bit deeper than that mm. Um, and we can go into that later. No, actually, yeah, let's let's get into that now because I feel like we've kind of set the parameters around what passion is and mm -hmm. what it can do for us. So kind of getting personal to you, let's dive a little deeper into what your passion is. Mm -hmm. So let me, let's start with where and how did you first find your passion? Um, so I was in college, probably starting my sophomore year or junior year, mm. um, I was being mentored um, my mentor's name is EJ. I'm sure some people listening mm. know who he is. Um, he was our college pastor at the time. Um, and he was kind of mentoring me, meeting me, meeting with me one-on-one, -on -one, mm. um, like every other week or something. Um, and one week he just asked me a simple question. What are, what are you passionate about? Mm. And when I really thought about it, I didn't have an answer. Mm. Um, my immediate response at the time was basketball mm. right i always enjoyed pay, playing basketball i grew up playing basketball i loved watching basketball yeah um and you're surprisingly good for someone who's no, as, not that good no for someone who's <laughs> as like skinny as you you're and you're so lanky but yeah. you're <laughs> yeah i surprise myself too sometimes <laughs> um but yeah i so that was my answer mm. um and then we started, so we started talking about basketball and kind of, okay, what about it makes me passionate about it? Why do I enjoy it? All these things. And, um, ultimately I decided that it wasn't necessarily a passion, but it was mm. just a hobby, something right. I enjoyed doing during my free time. Right. And if I was too tired or if I got bored, I would just stop doing it. Right. Something you're not necessarily willing to suffer. For, right. 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 Mm. It's like, Oh, I have to run. No, nah, I'm good. I'm just <laughs> right. going to go home, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, he gave me like a challenge. He was like, okay, you need to find it. Mm. Um, and it took me about two years. Uh, and honestly, I didn't even know how to find it. I was just like, oh, I would look at something I would do in my life mm. be like, oh, is this my passion? Mm. And then I would kind of fit it into that criteria. And then it just wouldn't meet the criteria mm. that I had in my mind. Right. Um, and so one day um, I was watching ESPN mm. and they had the, you know, those videos of like army vets, they come home mm -hmm. to like, and they like surprise their kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's like, everyone's crying, all that stuff. And I was like tearing up a little, mm -hmm. you know? And for those people who don't know me, like, I don't cry. Mm. You know, I rarely show emotions. Some people say I don't have emotions, yeah. but whatever. I often call you a robot. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, people think of me as, like, a robot. And right. so, um, 
me being like aware, very aware of myself, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, there's something here. Mm. Um, because this is not ordinary. Mm. Like this is, and so um, I just kind of thought about it and was, it just kind of consumed my mind. I was like, why did this video this random video on a sports network, Mm. right? Like, why did this make me tear up? Mm. Why did this move me in this way where I would express emotions that I never would? Um, Long story short, I I realized the thing that got me about those videos um, wasn't necessarily like the joy and happiness that people were showing, Mm -hmm. but it was the... Um, reconciliation of something that was broken mm. being mended back together. Mm. Right. So they had these broken families who these kids, they had a mom or a dad who had to go overseas or they had to leave. Right. So there's the brokenness, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. They're split. And then when they're able to come back together, that mending of right. that broken relationship. Mm. And so once I figured that out, I was like, okay, so why? Like, why does this um, move me in such a way? Mm. Um, and I think it's because I was fortunate enough to really grow up in a household that wasn't broken. Mm. Um, it's very common for Asian American households to be broken yeah. or to, to have um, bad relationships, whether it's like, parents with parents or a child with parent, mm-hmm. um, whether the parents always working and not home or there's like neglect and stuff like that. Right. Whereas for me, me and my brother, we were very fortunate to grow up in a household where um, none of that was really in existence. Mm-hmm. Like I, I tell people about how my parents treated my me and my brother, and they're, like, blown away, Um, especially because we're Asian, right? So, like, for example, um, my parents would read to us every night before we went to bed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or um, my parents never missed a basketball game Mm -hmm. for me and my brother. Mm -hmm. And I started playing in third grade. So from third grade all the way to high school till I was 18, they never missed a single game. Wow. Right. So stuff like that. Or even after dinner, we would go outside together and we would like throw around the football mm. or something like that. It's just like stuff that you don't really get to see, mm. unfortunately, um, in, in uh, Asian homes. Yeah. Um, and so me being able to experience that growing up, um, it broke my heart when I realized there are people, there are children who can't who experience don't have that. that experience right right mm. who 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 are a part of those broken families yeah right and so um tying that in with kind of the video um for me i was like okay i want to be someone who um can give children or you know college yeah even adults mm. um that time, that attention, that love that they might not be getting at home. Right. And kind of be, I mean, obviously I know I can't mend a broken home, mm. um, but I can kind of. Uh, at least alleviate yeah. the situation. Yeah, right. Or like yeah. just give the students or give um, people something that they're not receiving. 
Um, and so that kind of is where I started. Mm. And so, so that's why I said youth group isn't necessarily my passion. Mm. That's just kind of my way of pursuing my passion. Like the avenue. To, right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And that's really noble because when I was younger, my dad worked all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not like he wasn't a good father, but he, especially when we lived in Korea still, he went to work before I was awake mm -hmm. and he came back from work after I had gone to sleep. So, and he got a lot better later on, but there are still remnants of that awkwardness between him and I. Yeah. Like if it's just me and him in a car, like I have to really, like we both have to really try to overcome that awkwardness. It's getting better. Um, mm -hmm. But it's like me and my mom, it's completely fine because she was always there. She was a stay-at-home mom. So, yeah. Yeah. When we think about broken families, families where the parents aren't around the children that much, we think that it's okay. But there are lasting, observable effects of that. And, yeah. And to the to the relationship. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and I understand, you know, parents, they got to do what they got to do to provide for the household. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just talking more from the perspective of the kid. Right. So right. Right. Um, a lot of these students, when they're younger or middle school, elementary school, high school, mm. um, those are times when they need a lot of like affirmation mm. and love and attention. Right. And they need people to talk to, to talk about their problems and their issues. And a lot of these students, they don't have that at yeah, home. Yeah. And so they go throughout their weeks just kind of internalizing everything. Mm. Um, and then that's why you see so many students, like when they grow older, they just, they like blow up, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's sad. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And mm. I don't know what the remedy is because again, parents got to do what they got to do. Right. But at the same time, I wonder um, if your child is your priority, mm. right? As a parent, which I believe it should be, um, I think most people would believe that. Yeah, um, is making money always the number one way mm. to prioritize your kid to like provide for them? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you're providing for them, you're providing a roof over their head. Right. But what about like all the mental stuff? Right. right. What about all the emotional stuff? Are you providing those as well? Yeah. Yeah. Dang. We could do a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, on that. yeah, for sure. <laughs> but so what from the moment where you realized what your passion is, how did you go about pursuing that and and kind of, I guess, acting on it? Mm -hmm. Like what steps did you initially take? Because I, I want this to come from the perspective of someone who like recently went out and they said, oh, I found what my passion is, mm -hmm. but where do I start from here? Mm -hmm. with, with, with this knowledge, what do I do with it? So can you explain to us what you did when you found out? Yeah, so I figured that out and then I kind of just thought of what ways could I exercise this passion? Mm. Like what ways could I pursue this? And who do I know that could help me mm -hmm. with this, right? So like who are the people in my circle or in my community that can maybe guide me in the right direction um, or give me an opportunity to. And for, I mean, for me, it, it clicked pretty fast um, where, so at the time, I mean, I wasn't attending KCPC, mm -hmm. uh, my church at the time, um, but I had been there uh, 
and youth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I knew from someone that, or maybe it was from EJ, mm-hmm. I think it was from EJ, um, that the youth group was having a shortage of teachers mm. uh, for Sunday school, um, Sunday Bible study. And so I, um, I actually contacted uh, the youth pastor at the time, mm-hmm. um, who's actually a friend of mine, uh, Pastor Sam, and I said, hey, do you need any teachers? Mm. Like, can I um, come be a teacher for the youth? Um, and, I mean, we already knew each other. Right. So, but because I guess it was my first time or I'd never done it before, he was like, I'll put you as a sub. Mm. Yeah. Um, or, like, you could co-teach with someone and kind of shadow them. Um, and uh, so I just said, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. Um, Did that take you out of your comfort zone a little bit at all? Uh, for me, it didn't. Mm. I think it's. I think because I was so. I don't want to say lost, mm. but like I was. I wasn't doing anything mm. with my time. I mean, outside of school and studying and stuff. Right. Um, I wasn't really doing anything, and so. I think I just I wanted to do something, mm. and when I found, when I was able to kind of discover what I wanted to do, mm. um, I guess I just had, I just had like motivation to do it, mm. and so it didn't feel it wasn't hard, right? Yeah, yeah. I like I I was excited. Oh, that's and so I kind of wanted to okay, what can I do now? Mm. Type of thing. Yeah, the reason I asked is because I know how introverted you are. Yeah, and. Like going out of your way to talk to someone you kind of know to ask him, hey, can I do this thing where I'm going to be talking to more people? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that, and that's why I, I feel like I, it was something that, that was supposed to happen mm. because, yeah, naturally, I don't think I would like my introvertedness is so high (laughs) to where the last thing i logically thinking the last thing i would want to do is be around a bunch of youth students right you know um but i guess just at the time i was like this is what i this is what i should be doing this is what i'm supposed to be doing and so it just felt right Hmm. um and so i contacted him um he's like hey just come out this sunday we'll plug you right in and so i was um i had freshman mm-hmm. high school freshman i was in a class of high school freshman with this other guy mm-hmm. i don't even remember who what his name was um but i was supposed to shadow him and two weeks into the school semester he like leaves oh wow yeah wow. he dips and i show up on a sunday he's not there i tell pastor sam he doesn't know where he is oh wow. and then we figure out later that he was going to step down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd never even knew. So then from there, uh, Pastor Sam was just like, hey, here you go. Here's your class you're going to lead for the you're, rest of the year. You're the teacher now. Yeah. Like that, yeah, no, pretty much. And even the students were like, hey, where's so-and-so? <laughs> huh. I was like, I have no idea, guys. Wow. But I'm your teacher now. Um, and then from that point on, I did been doing it for four years. Mm. Um, and it's been fun. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. Got to know a lot of students, got to meet a lot of people. Um, yeah. Go on mission trips, go on 
youth retreats, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, and just spend time with youth students, um, giving them someone to talk to, someone to spend time with. Yeah. I'm sure they like the free food, the free, (laughs) the free drinks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, free food is best food. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, um, well, I I do want to ask you a question here, but not to put any sort of negative spin on this or anything, Mm -hmm. but I just, Whenever I talk about a topic, I want to be sure I kind of talk about it holistically. Yeah. So I do want to ask, as you've been chasing your passion and pursuing it, have you seen any consequences? Because we, we talked a lot about the benefits and rewards of, mm-hmm. of, of like knowing your passion and kind of pursuing it. But are there any negative sides to this? Um, I guess it just... I mean, I, I think that it's, it's subjective when mm. it comes to like negative. Mm-hmm. So for example, I would say um, one thing is I'm not as, um, I don't hold like the job I'm doing to as much importance. Oh, right, right. Right. So like my work mm-hmm. um, or how much I'm making, mm-hmm. um, like that's like I'll prioritize taking vacation to go on like a youth retreat right over like making that money mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and so i guess in that way like it can be seen as negative yeah. whereas um because my career or my work isn't as important to me mm-hmm. i'm not as willing to work my way up mm. i guess into like further my career because yeah that's not really my priorities at the moment right well um, and also we, we've talked about as we define passion, we talk about allowing suffering mm-hmm. or I guess dealing with suffering that comes with it, being willing to suffer for it. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think there are, there's a lot of that that you've faced? Oh, with? for sure. Absolutely. Um, especially with youth ministry. Mm. Um, it's a lot of mental, emotional mm. effort. Right, right. And especially someone who's so introverted as I am. Right having to go out of my comfort zone and having to expend energy that I might not necessarily have. Mm. Um, it's very taxing. Mm. Um, and on top of that, um, there's no real, at least for me, there's no real measure for success in uh, youth ministry. Right. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part. Yeah. Right. So when, especially in your career or your work, um, your job, you kind of measure your success by where you stand in a company yeah. or how much money you're making, whatever. Whereas in youth, you kind of just pour out into students and then you hope they take it or they yeah. use it or it does something for yeah. them, right? But there's no real measuring stick for, oh, this person changed this much. right? Um, and not only that, you could change someone, you could help someone, um, you could help them grow, but then they could just, but then they could all fall back right back right. to square one. Right. And, and then you guys start over again. And often with with youth, you won't see the change until many, many right. years later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ten, five, ten years later. Yeah. And even then you might not see right. the, the fruits, I guess, mm. of your labor. Mm. Yeah. So in that in that sense, it's very hard and um very it can be very discouraging. Mm-hmm. Um but I think for me, at least, um, going back to the whole passion thing, I'm willing to suffer because 
I believe that what I'm doing is good, mm. right? Regardless right. if I can see the end product, right. I have faith and I believe that what I'm doing will in some way, shape or form help these students going forward, yeah. whether I see it or not. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times passion doesn't really align with making money or having social or economic success. Sure. So I think that's one thing listeners should keep in mind. When you chase your passion, one of the consequences might be that the world won't view you as mm -hmm. successful. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like you were saying, that's probably part of the suffering for it, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not willing to suffer through that, I guess, judgment? I don't know if that's what you would call it or... Uh, judgment, comparison. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're not willing to go through it, then maybe it's not really your passion yeah. or maybe it's something you have to kind of reevaluate. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I struggle with that too, especially mm -hmm. comparison, like yeah. amongst my peers. You know, I have friends who I graduated college with mm -hmm. and they're, you know, further along in their careers. Mm -hmm. They're making, you know, six figures. Mm -hmm. And then I'm kind of just chilling here, um, <laughs> making whatever, and mm -hmm. then spending my um, downtime or spending my time pouring into kids. Right. You know? Yeah. And I do struggle at times with that comparison, right? Because right. it's like, well, are they better than me, you mm. know, because they have this, this, and this, and this. Mm. Um, but then, you know, I just remind myself, um, yeah, that I'm happy, yeah. you know, and I, I, I'm genuinely joyful when I'm around students. Yeah. Like it, yeah, it makes me very joyful. And I will say this to you, as a guy who did really focus on his career and who's, you know, decently far along in my career progression. Mm -hmm. I wish I had a passion. I wish I had mm -hmm. something that when I suffered for it, I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. With work, when I suffer at work, I'm like, it's the worst. Right. Like, I'm like, oh, I just, I don't want to do this. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I, I do wish I had something. I mean, again, I'm not saying that I'm completely directionless, but mm -hmm. I, I wish I had it as clearly defined as you mm -hmm. do. Yeah. So even though in a sense, like you were right, even though subjectively it might be seen as a consequence or, or a negative side effect, mm -hmm. I think that's it's really subjective. Yeah. If, if we twist it and you look at it um, in a long-term lens, mm -hmm. maybe it's actually for your betterment. It's beneficial. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. for sure people would say, um, you know, why are you wasting your time doing this? Mm. You know, why are you wasting your Friday nights, your Saturday afternoons, your Sunday afternoons? Mm. Um doing this when you can be hanging out with your own friends or, mm. you know, um, working or trying to go travel, do whatever, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it makes me happy mm -hmm. and it gives me direction and purpose and, um, you know, just got to block out the haters. Yeah. No, and block dude, take, taking like vacation time, <laughs> to do mission trips and stuff like yeah. that. Hey, if any of the SKBC youth student are listening to this, you got to thank your teacher here because <laughs> as a, as a working man, I know how valuable those vacation days are. So the, the fact that he's willing to, you know, sacrifice a lot of that stuff for you guys, you guys are lucky for sure. Right. Um, and so the next question I want to ask you is comparing your life kind of before finding your passion mm -hmm. and now that you are chasing and have identified your passion, mm -hmm. have, have you seen any differences? Um, 
for sure because I think now um, I know what I want to do mm. right and so like that's kind of my first go-to mm. is like oh I have free time how can I s- spend that time whether it's meeting up with a student or um, taking them out to dinner or you know, maybe hosting some sort of church event. Like, what can I do um, to help the people around me? Mm. Whereas in the past, it was kind of, I'm just going to spend my time doing nothing Mm. or, like, just satisfying myself, whether it's, like, just watching TV or... um, Because, again, I'm introverted, so, like, my free time, I wouldn't even really spend with friends Mm -hmm. or people. I mean, I would... You know, I had friends, I hung out with them, but right. a lot of my free time was just me by myself. Yeah. Um, I can relate. Doing useless stuff, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, just sitting around doing nothing. And so um, I guess it makes me more proactive mm. in a way. Um, and it doesn't make me feel like I'm wasting time. Yeah. Like it makes me... It gives my time value right like each and every minute i spend with people it gives that time even more value mm. than if i was just by myself yeah chilling in my room there's whatever i remember in college and high school there are those summer days where mm-hmm. i literally wouldn't leave my room yeah i would wake up like play a little like computer game on my yeah. desk and i would the feeling of going to sleep with having done nothing that day is the worst. It's like the worst. Yeah. Like, what am I... Because you you feel like you were just sleeping the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I never really expended any energy yeah. in the first place. And it's like hard to fall asleep because you didn't move around right. all day. So you're right. not even that tired. You like did everything in bed anyways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember my sophomore year. Um, and this might just be because I was a bad student. But <laughs> um, regardless, I didn't go to class for a month. <laughs> I had discovered... Uh, breaking bad oh uh uh-huh and so my entire free time i would spend watching breaking bad like catching up (laughs) Uh but then that free time turned into like my class time too and Mm. so i just didn't even go to class Mm. but it's like stuff like that where i'm just wasting time doing stuff whereas i think now i would be more inclined or more willing to okay put that aside and go out and you know hit up people Mm. um hit up students pick them up um take them out get a drink bubble tea i don't know yeah stuff like that right so what i'm hearing is when you have a passion one of the benefits of being able to pursue that is the thing the moments the minutes that you spend pursuing that passion don't feel like wasted time right they give you can place value on it yeah you feel you've been productive you're fulfilled Mm -hmm. and i think as we take that for granted and we don't really think much about that but as human beings i think we are designed to be people who are productive who mm-hmm. produce so sure without that in life it can be difficult yeah yeah and again it can even if you're working even you are even if you are being quote unquote productive in like a worldly sense mm-hmm. If it's not something that you place value on, then it, you can still feel that, oh, what did I do with my day? Kind right. Of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, so it helps when you're able to discover that passion or find it mm. where work is now a means to that. Mm. Right. So, yeah, work sucks sometimes, 
but now you have a reason to why you're working. Mm, it's yeah. not just to make the money. It's so I can use this money for other people or to use it on, you know, this group of people, right. people whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah so it's so. not as bad as like, oh, I just have to go to work. Right. But now it's, okay, I get to go to work so I can do these, this, this, and this. So even the things that aren't directly related to your passion, you can kind of redirect that, reroute right. that to right. be used for your passion. Right, so to yeah. make it less boring, I guess. Miserable. Or less meaningless in <laughs> yeah. your eyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. awesome. So kind of last question. Oh, this isn't going to be my last question. I'm going to surprise <laughs> you with a few that I didn't tell you about. Okay. But <laughs> one of the questions to kind of close out this topic at least is, what advice do you have for someone who's laying in their bed, spending their summer doing nothing and wondering, oh, how can I be more productive? And how can I find and pursue my passion? Um, well, I would first say finding your passion is not easy. Mm. It takes time. Like mm -hmm. you said, I think you still haven't even really found it. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay if you're struggling to find it. Mm. Um, I think the easy answer is just to say, go try and do stuff. Mm. Just go do stuff. Mm. Um, go out of your comfort zone and do stuff that you wouldn't necessarily usually do. Yeah. Um, but I think more than doing that, you really need to be aware of who you are as a person. Mm. Right. So if you think back to when I was talking about my story and kind of how I discovered my passion, mm -hmm. because I was aware of the, of who I am as a person and that, oh, I don't cry. Mm. Oh, I don't usually express my emotions well. Mm. When I did it, it was kind of like a, a light bulb. Mm. It was like, okay, this is different. Yeah. Right? Because I was familiar with who I am as a person. Yeah. And so, um, especially with you students, a lot of you students don't really know who they are yet. Yeah. Right? And so it takes a lot of discovering and figuring out what you like, what you don't like, how you operate and stuff like that. And a lot of that happens in college, I believe. Mm, yeah. Um, and so I would say it's okay if you're just laying in bed and you don't know what to do. Mm. Um, but try to fill that time with stuff that you could possibly enjoy doing. Right. Right. Um, because I didn't like, even though part of, being passionate about something is like willing to suffer for it. Mm -hmm. You still enjoy doing it. Right. Right. It's yeah. still fun. Like you do it because your enjoyment outweighs right. the suffering. Right. Yeah. But when the suffering comes, you're still willing to do it. Right. right? And so yeah. um, you can still go out and figure out, okay, what do I enjoy doing? What don't I enjoy doing? Um, and then, yeah. Mm. I would also say, um, I think people help a mm. lot. A lot of like people around you who yeah, can like, guide you. Yeah, guide you, like speak stuff, speak truth into you. Mm. Um, I, I think oftentimes people know you more than yourself sometimes, mm. um, especially at a younger age. Mm. Um, because, again, it's hard for us to be aware of ourselves, mm. right? We're, but we're always aware of what other people are doing, right? right? And we're very observant with other people and so i think it's important to surround yourself with people who are one willing to speak into your life mm -hmm. um 
and like challenge you, mm. you know, like, Hey, you should go try this. Or, Hey, I realized that when I said this thing to you, you really, en- you really had a lot to say. Mm. So what does that mean? Mm. Right. So like a lot of, um, just interpreting and kind of, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. People. It makes sense. I think people are important. Yeah, yeah. having a community that can help you discover. Yeah. Not So to summarize kind of the steps, I would say it's discover yourself. Yeah, Discover for sure. your passion and let that passion be the guiding, the guidance to your life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I like it. Yeah, that first step is just very hard. Right. And it takes a lot of time. So you... And it takes people years. Right. So don't be frustrated if it doesn't happen right right away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So the next question I'm going to ask is... I'm asking it knowing that your wife is eventually going to be in this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I want to create some drama. Well, (laughs) she's sitting right next to me, so... (laughs) (laughs) The audience doesn't need to know. (laughs) What what one thing do you love about being married to her? Uh, what is your one complaint about being married to her? What does it have to do with passion? I don't. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with passion. I just I'm passionate about creating drama. Oh, I got you. <laughs> no, no. Okay. One thing I like and one thing I don't like. So just this is this part of the podcast is general advice about marriage. Okay. Yeah. So what's one thing you really like about being married, specifically to your wife? Uh huh. And what is one complaint that you have? Um, one thing I love is that I don't have to like part ways with her after we're done hanging out. Yeah. Right. So for, when we were dating, um, before we were married, um, we would hang out and then one of us would just have to go home. Right. Right. Um, we didn't really, uh, stay with each other, Mm. um, overnight. Mm. And so, and it's not even... Like the fact that, oh, we're separated, but it's like, oh, I got to drive home now. Right. It's late. I got to drive home. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, again, that's more practical. And probably but a lot of times you have to drive her home and then drive home sure, yourself. Sometimes, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that's kind of like, like, oh, we get to go hang out with friends and then we just get to go home together. Right. It's, yeah. You're hanging out together will never end. Right. 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 So that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Oh, one thing I don't like. Yeah, one complaint. Um, so she like leaves clothes on the floor, <laughs> uh-huh. like her laundry, whether uh-huh. it's clean or dirty. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm kind of like a neat freak, and so I like to keep my room and my floor clean. And so, like, she'll come home and like from work. And so she's a nurse. Uh-huh. So she'll just take off all their scrubs and then just leave it on the floor sometimes. <laughs> and then I'm like, do you, you should clean that up. She's like, I'm too tired, uh-huh. you know? Um, and so, or even with laundry. So I'm the type where when I do my laundry, I have to fold it immediately uh-huh. and put it away. Yeah. And she'll like leave it in the dryer and then it gets wrinkled mm. Or she'll take it all out and just leave it on the floor and then just like fold it later. And then it's all wrinkled. Yeah. And that, it's just like a pet peeve of mine, I yeah. guess. No, I, I can definitely relate. Shirley's closet, like, so in our master bedroom, there's two closets. There's uh-huh. one main closet and one auxiliary closet, which is like a third of the size. So you're not meant to 
you know, have separate closets. It's supposed to be the main closet. You both have your clothes in there. Uh But Shirley keeps her clothes in such a way that I literally, I, since we've moved in, (laughs) I've moved all my clothes out of there and put it in the tiny auxiliary closet because I can't deal with the way that she keeps it. What does she think of that? She's like, it's normal. So, you know what? You, if you want your closet to look like it's, like post Katrina, <laughs> you live. Yeah, you live your life. Yeah, yeah. But I can't. Yeah. I can't step into this closet yeah, every yeah. day. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I think another thing, like one last thing, and uh-huh. this is like such a small thing, uh-huh. but there's hair everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I'll be in the bathroom, and we have a uh, white tile. Uh huh. Um, and you just see hair everywhere. Yeah. And I'll vacuum it up, and it's, then it's gross. like an yeah. hour later, it's still there. Yeah. Or in bed, I'm like just laying there and then I feel like something brushing against my face <laughs> and then I pick it up and it's like a long strand of hair yeah. and there's just hair everywhere. Yeah, dude, that, it's the worst. <laughs> I, I can feel you as a fellow meat freak. I can, I, I definitely agree with you. So listeners, I am going to give Connor's wife a chance to respond and yeah, yeah, talk, yeah, yeah, talk yeah. herself later. So please stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, Connor, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for talking about your passion course i think it's a very important conversation to have yeah especially to asian americans who are led to believe for most of their lives that you know good career and Mm -hmm. stable income is what they should be pursuing all the time Mm -hmm. so i think a lot of asian american youth might miss out on the fact that there is more to life that yeah. you should be looking at. Yeah, yeah, than just making money. Yeah. Have a high paying or having the best career. Yeah. Whatever. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, if you liked what we talked about today, if any of what we talked about resonated with you, please give us some feedback. Or if you thought that everything we said was hogwash, we want feedback as well. Probably. <laughs> I ramble. I don't even know what I said. To no, it was great. <laughs> so, you can give us feedback in a couple of different ways. You can email us at I-H-T-H-T podcast at gmail.com I-H-T-H-T is the I hope they hear this abbreviated or you can go to Instagram and follow me on I hope they hear this and I have a post on every episode that I do so you can kind of use that as a forum to to talk about your things leave comments and yeah please stay tuned for the episode that I do with Connor's wife Mm. nurse Selena yeah yeah or you can tell us face to face. Or you could do that too. Yeah. yeah. If you know us. But you know, actually, there are people who don't live in Atlanta who listen. Well, you have a big following. No. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But there people, I don't know. Word gets around somehow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I know my brother listens sometimes and he's in Korea. So. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> That's tight. <laughs> International, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Blowing up. Bye. <laughs>